This episode may not be suitable for younger listeners. Welcome to the Quarantine Plays from the Merry Bakers at Relevant Radio. My name is Peter Atkinson, and I am proud to present episode 11 of the Quarantine Plays. When the coronavirus hit the United States and we entered into lockdown, the Merry Beggars launched a contest seeking radio scripts from writers around the world in response to the theme of quarantine. The result of that contest is The Quarantine Plays. Please enjoy episode 11 of 12, Anne, by Evan Williams. For the full experience of this radio play, listen with headphones. Hey, let me go! Stop! Open this door! Nicholas was an unhappy man. He fell victim to blaming his unhappiness on other people. Looking someone in the eye made his stomach churn. That and canned vegetables. He hated vegetables. I hate vegetables. Nicholas examined his 10 by 12 personal dormitory. He felt the sudden need to yak. Confined spaces made him feel inadequate. The lack of any windows caught his attention. Despite his fragile skin, he already missed the comfort of the balmy sunlight. He decided to make his own window. That is, until he heard her voice. There's no use in trying. How come you say that? It isn't worth losing your nails. I need the sun for my health. Check the cabinet on your top left-hand side. You will find all your essential vitamins and minerals there. How did you know that? Our rooms are the same design. All rooms here are the same. Have you seen another room before? Not with my eyes, but I can hear the uniformity. Everyone is provided an almost perfectly square-shaped room with one bed, one pillow, two cabinets, a medicine container, one sink, one toilet, one canned good for their first night, and one book of their choosing. Am I correct? I wish I could repick my book. <laughs> what book did you choose? Antarctica. It's a book about the continent Antarctica. That sounds interesting. She was lying. It did not sound interesting. What book did you pick? The Road. That's a wonderful book. What, what was that? What was what? Did your lights go out too? Oh, it's bedtime. This place runs on a tight schedule. I have to go now. Thank you. What do I call you? Call me Anne. Thank you, Anne. I'm Nick. Good night, Nick. Nicholas's first night consisted of body aches and troubling dreams. Managing little to no sleep, he awoke in a cold sweat. However, this did not bother Nicholas, for a cloud of reassurance came over him now knowing he had already made a friend in this godforsaken place. Good morning. You have 20 minutes to eat breakfast. Ugh. Salad for breakfast? Do you not like salad? Not for breakfast. Every day I have tuna for breakfast. A salad sounds nice. I would trade you. Nicholas loved tuna. As a child, he suffered from a tragically narrow esophagus. Tuna was the only meat he ate for 16 years before surgical engagement was recommended. Gift received from Anna. You can't give me your breakfast. It's okay. I'm not hungry. 
Nicholas was unsure whether to eat Anne's tuna. As he weighed the pros and cons of eating the woman's one and only breakfast, they talked for what felt like many hours. <laughs> <laughs> You're a funny man, Nicholas. What time is it? Three o'clock in the afternoon. Oh, how come I don't have a clock? No room has a clock. How come you didn't eat your tuna? I ate it. No, you didn't. Um, okay, yes, I didn't. Is your room made of glass? How do you know all these things? Before I came here, I was a child care worker. It's in my blood to know these things. I need to rest, Anne. Talk to you another time? Okay, Nick. Nicholas's interest in Anne grew. He wasn't sure whether it was because of her odd personality and almost omniscient capabilities, or the fact that she gifted him her tuna every morning. He really liked tuna. It was safe. Gift received from Anna. Don't tell me you found a new love for salad, Nick. When was the last time you ate? Last night. I ate your dinner last night, and you've offered it to me many other times. What do you want me to say? I'm getting sick of spaghetti. Just like you've been sick of anything from a plant your entire life. You don't take my salads, Anne. You have to eat. I don't want to eat. Nicholas's fear for human interaction had plagued his social life for as long as he could remember. His natural instinct was to avoid situations like these, but something was different. He wasn't sure how this happened, but in this very moment, he wanted to comfort Anne. For my whole life, I felt like the man in your book. The road? Yes. I felt as if it's purposefully written just for me. At, at one point, I actually convinced myself of it. And even though I've been stuck in this box for a while now, it doesn't feel too much different than the life I had before. I guess what I'm trying to say is, I feel what you feel, Anne. Anne? I've never read it. What? I never read my book. Gift received from Anna. Can you help me read it? Okay. From that day on, Nicholas read Anne's book to her. They fit their reading time in right after lunch and before their scheduled afternoon cleaning where Nicholas would receive his daily body wash supplies. Nicholas greatly looked forward to their reading time, and it seemed to him that Anne did too. Until one day. They ate well, but they were still a long way from the coast. He knew that he was placing hopes where he had no reason to. He hoped it'd be brighter where, for all he knew, the world grew darker daily. Once he'd found a light meter in a camera store, Anne? Nick? Yes? Never mind. No, tell me. What are you doing in there? Making a mark in the wall. Didn't you say not to do that? I just do it to count the days. How many marks have you made? A few. Ninety? Maybe a hundred? Nicholas could sense the fatigue in her voice. It became more audibly prevalent as the days chipped away. 
You scream in your sleep. I do? I'm sorry. I didn't mean to wake you. It's fine. Can I ask you something, Nick? Yes? Why are you here? You don't want to know about that. Fine. I had a kid. With a woman. I would see her every day on my train ride to work. She wore the gray uniform like everyone else. But one thing they couldn't take away from her was her hair. The final thing that was still hers in all the commotion and crampedness, through the corner of my eye I could catch a hint of red at the root of her scalp, right before it turned to the black dye. We met in secret. Every lunch break on Tuesday and Friday. And that's it. What did they do with the child? I don't know. Nicholas wanted to blame something, blame someone for making him vulnerable, but he knew that to be upset with Anne, or his child's mother, or anyone else, would be excusing his dissatisfaction with himself. I'm sorry for asking. No. Thank you, Anne. Talk to you soon, Nick. You too, Anne. Despite the thick wall that kept the two from laying their eyes upon the other's eyes, Nicholas felt a closeness with Anne that he had never felt before with another human, a kind of closeness that he now swore to fight for. In the deep glen where they lived, all things were older than man, and they hummed of mystery. That's it. It was a lot sadder than I remember. It was a good kind of sad. Nick? Yes, Anne? What do you look like? Um, you mean like my face? I mean everything. Describe yourself to me. Okay. Well, I have brown hair, brown eyes, brown eyebrows. <laughs> that was probably too much detail. No, I want every detail. I have ten fingers, ten toes, two arms, two legs, two ears, two eyes, one nose. Okay, that was a given. Okay, um, I don't know how to describe myself, really. I mean, I'm not very tall, not very muscular, but I'm not chubby either. He was putting on a few pounds. I guess my ears are a little pointier than usual. And my thumb on my left hand can't bend all the way for some reason. It makes this clicking sound every time I move it. Honestly, I don't really remember what I look like. It's been so long. I'd bet you're handsome. <laughs> what do you look like? Oh. Well, I don't know what I look like. Well, what color is your hair? Red. Red? I like red. Yes, I know. <laughs> What kind of red? Um, the good kind of red. It, it's really, really red. Like, the brightest a red could ever be. Really? Well, I hope I get a chance to see it one day, Anne. I lied. I lied to you, Nick. What's wrong with me? What? I'm so stupid! It's okay. It's okay. Don't worry. I like you with or without red hair. No, you don't get it. I don't even know what color my hair is. I don't even know what the color red looks like. You're colorblind. That's okay. I grew up with someone that was... No, Nick. I'm blind. Like, completely. 
I was the only blind person at my work. They wouldn't hire me to carry children, said I would pass on devilish genes, but the government agreed to let me care for children with a coworker supervising. And then one day, someone got hurt. A little boy. And I've been here ever since. Nick was unsure how to feel. The only thing he knew to do in this moment was to carve a message on the back cover of Anne's book. Here's your book back. I love you, Nick. Oh. I love... Hey. Anne? What are you doing? Anne, get off let's me. go of yes. her. Get off of her. Nick, help me. Anne! Help. Anne, let get her go. Me. Get let your hands go. off of her. Anne! Anne! Nicholas didn't sleep that night. He was determined to wait for Anne's return, even if it meant never sleeping again. Good morning. You have 20 minutes to eat breakfast. <coughs> oh. Nicholas spat out his breakfast every day from then on. He often thought of the salty taste of tuna. He expected to never get a chance to eat it again, but something he didn't expect also came that day. Anne? Anne! Tell me that's you. I need to hear your voice. What? What's happening? Where's that voice coming from? Pl please, someone help me! Hey, help! hey, hey, calm help! down. There's help! no use. All yelling will achieve is annoying me, and I'm all you've got, so don't start off with that. Where are you? I'm in the room opposite of yours. How long are they going to keep us in here? I don't know. How long have you been in here? I need you to do something for me. You see that wall? Yeah. How many tallies are on that wall? How many? Um, there, there's a lot, man. I, I don't think I can count them Just all. give me an idea. Oh, okay. Um, there's at least a few thousand. It, it's completely covered. Okay. One more thing. Do you see a book called The Road anywhere? Yeah. You see that box on the wall? Put it in there and send it to me. Yes, Nicholas was an unhappy man. But in this moment, he was happy. A sorrowful kind of happiness. As he glided his fingers across the cut-up book cover, he smiled as he mouthed the words... I love you. Thank you for listening to Anne by Evan Williams. Anne was performed by Bianca Shaw, Nick by Bobby Duncalf, and narrator was performed by Cecil Archibald Jr. Sound design was Kevin Conroy. Direction was Peter Atkinson. Casting and production was by Peter Atkinson and Michaela Elise Fox. To listen to more of The Merry Beggars, visit themerrybeggars.com and subscribe to your favorite shows. The Merry Beggars is the entertainment division of Relevant Radio, bringing Christ to the world through the media.